Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and today we're going to be talking about Mars in the first decan of Taurus. I'm experimenting with some things on my channel here and making uh, some shorter videos that explore some special topics. And today what I'd like to do is explore the first 10 degrees of Taurus with Mars moving through that area of the zodiac and look at the aspects that it's going to be making. Um, I also recently made a, a little bit of a longer video that explored the first decan of Taurus in general, and I will link that to this video if you want to get more information on Taurus decan number one. Um, so let's, uh, let's dive into it here. I hope that you're all doing well uh, and that you had a good Mars and Aries season. Um, we had some, some ups and some downs with that particular position, but we'll, we'll see what Mars and Taurus has in store for us here. So one of the things that we're looking at with Mars and Taurus, first of all, is that its condition is in its exile. So Mars and Taurus, this is not a particularly comfortable position for Mars uh, in the Zodiac. Mars's nocturnal home is Scorpio, the opposite of Taurus. So whenever a planet is in the opposite sign of a planet of a sign that it rules, it's said to be in its exile. Um, so this is something where you may have to use martial energy in a way that is maybe uh, unconventional or non-traditional. Um, Mars's energy is the energy of severing and separating. Uh, it is also something where we may be faced with some challenging situations or perhaps some bad fortune that requires us to have courage. Uh, it may be the energy of eliminating something that no longer serves us. And in this Venus-ruled sign, uh, we may be having to learn how to eliminate some of the old habits and some of the old fears that may be playing uh, an old narrative in our minds. And this, this narrative that may be coming up is a scarcity narrative. So this is the type of uh, story where we're going to have to shift from a scarcity narrative to one of abundance and prosperity. And this is something we may be doing as a society right now as well. So the way that you can use this forecast is look at where Mars is going to be in your particular chart. What, what house is it in? If you're a Leo ascendant, for example, they'll be moving into your 10th house. If you're a Scorpio ascending, it will be moving into your 7th house and so on and so forth. And that'll give you some clues as to where you may have to eliminate some of the bloat, maybe some of the bad habits, or maybe some of the um, old narratives that are holding you back from creating abundance in your life. So uh, this is something where we are trying to uh, implement patience in the first decan of Taurus. This particular decan was about creating plans uh, for fecundity, which is one of my favorite Austin Coppock words. Uh, and fecundity basically means uh, creating fertility in the land. And he calls this decan the plow. Uh, he also uh, refers back to a, a book called Book T. And Book T calls this, uh, I believe this one is material, what is it? Hold on a second. Material trouble. And the Book of Toth calls it worry. So this is a, a Deccan that is consecrated with the rider weight tarot, the Five of Pentacles. So in it, we see a figure that is kind of destitute, two figures that are destitute uh, outside of a church and trying to you know, I don't know if they're coming or going necessarily, but they're not in really good shape. And one of the stories that I told in the, the overall video for, for Taurus One is that what are we moving towards? Are we moving towards the actions that will create destitution? 
through maybe overindulging in some of our, uh, you know, material desires? Or are we going to do the hard work that's necessary to create fertility in our life? Um, one of the things that we can look at this particular Deccan with Mars here is that this is a, a Venus-ruled sign. It, its natural tendency is to try to bring things together. And when Mars moves through this sign, it becomes more like Venus. So we may be trying to uh, either <laughs> fight for unity or harmony or, or inner peace because it is a yin sign, a nocturnal sign. This may be the type of peace and, and unification that comes on an internal level, but we may be aggressively going about it. So this is something where uh, Mars is a is, is, tends to be an impatient planet. So we may have some impulsivity or some impatience that is quite an awkward fit in this decan of Taurus, which is a terrain that requires patience and requires consistent effort over time. So some questions that you should ask yourself with Mars and Taurus. One, are you pursuing work or pleasure? Uh, this could be where you're very aggressively pursuing your desires, where you, where you might be better served letting things come to you. This could be where you're uh, having some lethargy and having some difficulty getting moving. After all this time with Mars and Aries, well, not, we had a period of time with Saturn overcoming Mars, which is blocking some of our uh, self-directed desires. We are going to see a repetition of that particular aspect with Saturn and Mars, and I'll get to that in a second. But um, we had a few weeks where we had this kind of unencumbered Mars. And this was from roughly, I believe, the middle of December to the very beginning of January. We had about three weeks or so without Saturn blocking all of our initiatives. And, uh, you know, this was a, a type of Mars and Aries that was trying to individuate and say, what do I want to start? What kind of new world do I want to create? How do I want to separate myself from the crowd and stand out and become an individual. Well, in Taurus now, the, the kind of the goal of Taurus is to unify that spirit and the body. And the challenge of this particular placement is Mars wants to separate. So we may feel alienated from that union, from those resources, from those plans, from stability with Mars in Taurus. And it requires us to have courage and to have resiliency and, and to work maybe extra hard at the, the chosen path that we are trying to pursue. Okay, so we've established that Mars has difficulty wait, waiting here potentially, or potentially is waiting way too long and it's difficulty uh, actually getting started. So I, I compare this to like a bull or a freight train. So this is the concept of inertia. So a, a bull, you know, it, it's a th big thousand pound animal. And getting it to move if it doesn't want to move is very, very difficult. So this may be a, a point in time where you may lose some energy and you may uh, feel like sitting on the couch and watching TV and you may get frustrated by all of the things going on in the news and think about what's, what's the point. Or there may be some severing or separating from material resources in your life and that could lead to potentially some depression. Now, the, the flip side of this is that once you get that ball moving, once you get the, the freight train moving, it's very, very difficult to stop. So one of the, the keys to this particular planet in this particular place is learning temperance, learning balance. How do you get yourself started? How do you become consistent? How do you plan for the future? Excuse me. So we maybe cut off Mars 
from some of the normal things that provide security for us with Mars in Taurus. And this is true because we've seen a lot of people at this point in time that are running out of unemployment benefits. I mean, we're at this point in time in 2021, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. We, we've been uh, cut off from our communities. We've been cut off from our, uh, from our jobs, a lot of us. And, and we had small lifelines uh, and maybe we can argue whether it was it was enough or not. It, it wasn't, but I think that uh, um, you know we've seen Congress arguing about stimulus packages and the amount of checks, and now we have this smaller check that was approved and things like that. So we may be cut off from the the stability that we're used to having. And with people running out of unemployment benefits, this could really start to become something where we see a lot of anger bubble up. Uh, because people have felt unmoored and unrooted and aren't able to get some of the basic necessities of life. So I think that this is some of the the questions that we're going to have to, and the questions and challenges we're going to have to uh, try to overcome with this particular transit. Now, Mars is going to be in Taurus from January the 6th at 5.24 p.m. to March the 3rd, 10.29 p.m., but we're going to have a shorter period of time uh, that we will look at on my chart. So one other thing I wanted to talk about with this, we need to, with Mars and Taurus, a lot of the times, uh, one of the things that Austin Kopic talks about is turning uh, your weapons of the field, I'm sorry, the weapons of war into plowshares or the weapons of the field, like the instruments of work, right? So I'm, we're going to look at our chart here. We're going to look at a chart and we're going to go through some of the major aspects that are going to be happening during Mars's journey from zero degrees of Taurus to 10 degrees of Taurus from January 6th at 5.27 p.m. to January 26th, uh, 2021 at 11.21 p.m. So we've got roughly 20 days of this first Deccan Taurus energy that we will be experiencing. And over that course of these 20 days, we have five aspects that are going to be playing out in very interesting parts of our story. So let's take a look at what we've got. Okay, so this begins with January the 8th we're going to be seeing uh, a Mercury square with Saturn. Now, one of the things that we're, I'm sorry, Mercury, Mercury square with Mars. Um, we're talking about Mars here, folks. We have this big pileup in Aquarius right now. We just had the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction, a very big and important uh, shifting of elemental ages um, where we are moving from a more decentralized type of experience as a culture, as a society, and we're going to be trying to figure out what society looks like moving forward, hopefully with a more uh, equitable distribution of resources. I think the thing that you can count on with all of these air planets and all these air conjunctions and this new air paradigm is that the stability of Earth is not necessarily going to be as easy to access. Um, it's going to be, you know, more working from home, working on your computer. Uh, there may be difficulty getting physical resources with this air age. 
We've seen some challenges with, with uh, diseases that have gone through the air. Uh, plagues were associated with the air ages as well. So some, some pluses and some minuses. Some pluses may be that you know, there may be some really innovative ideas. The, the currency may become more digital and maybe may become more air focused. And this is all putting a lot of pressure on Mars and Uranus in Taurus right now. We see that Uranus is also co-present with Mars in this particular area of the zodiac right now. So we're being asked with Uranus to create something new, uh, to really shake up the way that we distribute resources and the way that we plan and the way that we um, plow the fields and, and whatnot. And we're going to see a number of overcoming squares over the course of the next few weeks. So we're going to start with Mercury. So Mercury is going to be in the first decan of Aquarius, and that decan uh, is called the Mark of Exile. And this is represented by the Five of Swords, where there's some kind of conflict, where there is a winner and a loser, and the winner is looking kind of smug, collecting all the resources and the swords, and the loser is going off into the frontiers of the wilderness to figure something else out. So there may be some conflict that comes up over the next few weeks where we definitely may feel a sense of loss. Uh, it may raise some, some, some anger. We may have some real challenges between the haves and the have-nots in these coming weeks ahead, especially because there's a focal point on the exiled in society, the people on the fringes, the people that are not necessarily getting what they need right now. When Mercury makes an overcoming square to Mars, uh, we may see heated arguments over distribution of resources and who, who should have what. Uh, so this is something that's coming right after the Georgia runoff elections. So we'll see what happens with that. But there may, uh, despite what happens with that, either way, one section of society right now, because we are so divided, is going to be unhappy. So this is a time where we may see some very heated arguments, some, some protests, uh, whichever direction that election goes, we may see people just starting to get upset and voicing their, their um, discontent, uh, especially about how uh, physical things are distributed. They may be feeling a sense of lack and really raising their voices up and saying, you know what, we are, we are exiled right now. We need help. And Mars is you know, really shining a light on where we lack the, those material things. Um, as we move forward to, let's see here, let me get rid of this. As we move forward to the ninth, we are going to see a square, I'm sorry, a trine between Venus and Mars. So one of the things that I neglected to point out in the beginning of this video is that Mars is being hosted by Venus right now. And when we start off in the first decan of Mars, Venus is going to be in the, the last decan of Sagittarius, where we may feel like we're carrying a heavy load, but it's an aversion to its host, which means that it is not able to see its host. And it, it has this kind of relationship where it's cut off. It, it's cut off from a lifeline. So this may also, excuse me, be contributing to our feelings of lack and our fears that we might not have enough. Now, once Venus moves into Capricorn in the very early days of January, a few days after the 6th here, uh, I think potentially on the 8th, uh, we are going to see a, a trine relationship between Venus and Mars. So this is a, a very positive change where we 
Mars may be, be able to get resources because what Mars is trying to do at this point is how do we craft the plan, right? What do, how do we take action on the plan? And Venus is providing uh, the benefits, the, the, you know, in the first benefit, excuse me, in the first decade of Capricorn, we are exploring the pluses and minuses of different locations. So Venus is going to bring good fortune when it comes to determining what type of goal or what type of place we want to build or where we want to plow our fields. So this is the combination of having a, a place that is, uh, we've determined that it is someplace that we want to build. And finally, we're able to, to kind of um, start doing the hard work necessary to create fertility. Uh, so this is a very harmonious aspect between these two. Venus is also trying to help from an overcoming position. So this may also be where we're getting some benefits from potentially like government structures, maybe even women in government, because Venus was a universal significator of women in the tradition. So there may be some prominent women in our society that are helping to provide for uh, people who are experiencing lack or destitution right now. So that's something to keep your eye out for on January the 9th. Now we should move forward. We're going to move forward to January the 13th. On January the 13th, we see the perfection of a square between Saturn and Mars. Now, this is something that we've been experiencing the, the entire time that, that Mars has moved into Taurus. We've moved directly back into that condition that we had for most of 2020 with Saturn in the overcoming position to Mars. So what Saturn is trying to do right now is, is uh, you know, basically bring a rebalancing to that first decade of Aquarius energy where it's kind of sh shining its, its leaden yellow uh, caster-like light on uh, the, the outcast. It's kind of encouraging us to um, rebalance some inequalities, potentially through through punishment is something that, that Saturn does sometimes. It's, it's showing us where we have hardship, where we're experiencing hardship, where we're experiencing deprivation. And in this case, the, the people on the fringes of society are experiencing deprivation. And Saturn over a period of time is probably going to uh, demand that that be, um, that that be rectified. And this may be something where Saturn also, though, through our distance, because Saturn is a planet that is on the very fringes of our celestial sphere model. It's the most, the outermost planet in traditional astrology in the celestial sphere model. And it is kind of taking the, the high, uh, you know, 30,000 foot view right now. And we are being asked to kind of uh, sacrifice for the collective. And, and Saturn creates distance. So through our feelings of isolation, through our feelings of, you know, through social distancing, it may be very difficult for us to move forward and create the type of fertility that we want to with our new projects. And there may be some societal instability that is, that is contributing to that. Um, there may be some structural challenges. There may be some governmental challenges to, to doing some of the, the actions that we want to do to create some kind of uh, new crop 
our new or achieve some new goal and to grow the fruits of our of our labors. So this is a very frustrating aspect, the 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 Saturn Mars aspect, where we're really having difficulty moving forward. And I, I, this may be for the best, though. On some level, uh, one of the benefits of a Saturn Mars square uh, that we were experiencing in 2020 was if we follow Saturn's rules, we may be able to avoid some of the the more dangerous things that may crop up if we're taking rash, self-directed actions that are more selfishly based. So one of the things I've been talking about in my weekly forecast is that, you know, Saturn's in charge right now and Saturn requires maturity. Saturn requires delayed gratification. So this may be an, a, another time where we're experiencing the desire to move forward so that we can get what we need to support the, the stable structures in our life but we're being asked to delay gratification and also continue to make sacrifices for the collective. This could potentially be another period in time where we're seeing more lockdowns and more uh, type of uh, governmental restrictions for the benefit of the whole. We're at a really, um, we're at another dangerous point with, with COVID right now because people are having difficulty uh, not gathering together and you know, doing what they normally do, and and we're seeing, you know, hospitals being overrun in particular areas like California right now and Florida. There's there's a lot of challenges still to overcome. We have a you know some vaccines that have been approved, but the rollout is fairly slow. Some of the systems that are responsible for those particular um, medicines are are you know you know, wrapped up in red tape and bureaucracy. And, and we have a, maybe a system that is, is trying to, to distribute these medicines in a way that is fair and just and equitable. And we may have to wait until it's our turn in line. Uh, so that's, that may be frustrating. But again, Saturn is asking for uh, a contribution to the whole, for a selfless act. And by delaying your gratification and by maybe potentially uh, doing what is good for the whole, that is a selfless act that will lead to everyone being able to get back to what they're doing eventually much quicker. Now, I'm noticing on this day that the moon is also activating this square. So this is going to be a potential, uh, an especially potent kind of feeling of frustration of not being able to move forward on January the 13th. The other thing that's going on on this day, and I'll make another video about this, but we do have a new moon on this day. This is the, the new moon uh, in Capricorn that's conjoining Pluto. So this is something where we may get some new uh, structures, some new hierarchical structures that are giving us some new rules. And they may not be fun rules uh, because that new moon in the third decan of Capricorn is about how we administrate power. Um, so I'm getting a real, uh, quite a sense that this is going to be a period where we're going to have to do what is good for the collective, and it may be very difficult. Okay, let's move forward. I'm going to move forward to the inauguration day. <laughs> happy day. You know, some of us are going to be very happy. Others of us are going to be very disappointed. Um, I will be happy because I voted for my man, Joe Biden. But there's a, a large portion of this country that is very upset right now. And there's a lot of un, civil unrest uh, because people are, uh, you know, there's a lot of things being stirred up. 
And we can see this with Mars conjoining Uranus on Inauguration Day. This is a very explosive aspect, something where there may be a, a breakthrough or a breakdown in our, in our material systems. Um, this is kind of an explosive aspect where violence could erupt out of, you know, out of nowhere. Um, I hope for Joe Biden's sake and for the sake of our country that this is a, a peaceful transition. Um, but I do know that there is, uh, you know, powers that are trying to encourage and incite violence. So uh, I, I pray that that is um, minimal. And I pray that, that we will find a way to find peace in this and find a way to become unified once again. Um, but this is something to, to, to think about on the 20th, that this is a, a very unexpected kind of energy where it's very bombastic, where violence could erupt unexpectedly, um, where we may be cut off from some kind of resource unexpectedly as well in our personal lives. Now, Uranus is trying to ask for a breakthrough in the way that we distribute resources and the way that we think about our stability. So this may be a catalyst for being able to, to move forward into that new type of, um, that new era. And what, what better than a presidential inauguration than, than a breakthrough into a new kind of way of thinking and a new way of being. So I think it's going to be okay, though, and, I, and I'll tell you why in a second, but I'm going to show you one more uh, aspect here. On the 23rd, we have uh, the Mars is going to be making a square to Jupiter. Jupiter will be in the overcoming position. Now, this I have a little bit more hope for. Um, now, there's two ways we could look at this particular aspect. In a Hellenistic viewpoint, Jupiter would be trying to assist Mars and bring good fortune being in the overcoming position. So this is one way to look at it. The overcoming position is the one that where it is earlier in the zodiac. So you can see here we have uh, Jupiter on the, uh, the right side, if we're looking from the center. That's what we think about as the overcoming. So Jupiter has power over Mars and Uranus here. So this may be where we are tr desperately trying to bring uh, abundance to some of the, the people on the fringe right now. And we may see something, an expansion of that, those efforts around this period of time. Now, one of the other things that we saw with previous Jupiter-Mars conjunctions was an expansion of, of violence and explosiveness as well. I believe the last time that this happened in 2020, we had the, um, that, I believe the Beirut explosion where there was uh, some kind of um, fertilizer place that, that blew up and blew up half of Beirut. So the potential for something like that, I think, is, is, uh, is there as well. Um, hopefully, we will come out of all that intact and there will be uh, the, the, the higher side of this where we may be experiencing some of the benefits of Jupiter overcoming Mars. So we'll see. Now, what I wanted to show you and give you a little bit of hope, well, what I wanted to tell you about. I'm going to stop my share here for a second. So Mars is going to be in Taurus till March the 3rd. But again, we're just looking at the first 10 degrees here, and we're, we're breaking down those aspects. But one of the things I wanted to talk about was this uh, I Ching reading that I did for you. Now, there is multiple ways that you can think about divination 
And I'm of the opinion now, after reading Jeffrey Cornelius's book, that astrology fits very nicely in with other divinatory systems like the I Ching, like the tarot, uh, like animal symbolism. All of it is oracular speakings and oracular messages from the divine. And what we're looking at with the I Ching is be casting three coins or three sticks and getting a hexagram that is six lines long, and they're either intact lines or broken lines. And there sometimes there will be a line that is changing. So we have kind of the situation that we're experiencing and the energy that's changing and shifting and then where the direction it's heading. And what we got, what I got for you today when I asked what, what this Mars and Taurus one type of time frame holds for us is 23, which is falling apart or stripping away. And you can think about this as what has worn out. We have something that is that has outlived its time. And this is where we strip away, strip away the old wood to get to kind of the, the new wood underneath. Now, I want you to think about this in, in terms of like a, a bonsai tree. Like I do, I do bonsai, uh, which is a very meditative practice. I like to craft little trees. You can see them over my shoulder behind me here. And one of the things that I've had to learn is for the, for the shape to take place and for the, the plant to stay healthy, you have to trim the roots, you have to trim the leaves and the branches, and you have to shape it. And the interesting thing is you have to, sh to trim the roots or they become overgrown and then they can't uh, take up any more nutrients anymore. So I feel like this is a particular time frame where we're going to be cutting away some of the old wood, some of the old branches, but some of the old gnarled roots so that we can start to take up resources again and we can start to, to take up nourishment. And this is something where uh, the changing lines speak to this because the, the, the hexagram is moving from 23 falling apart or deterioration, which we've seen an impressive display of in the last year or so, to number two which is natural response or earth is called in, in other systems. So this is where we are trying to open up to receive. Now the changing line says this, forces of deterioration are ending, returning power to persons of a worthwhile vision. Inferior persons are destroyed by their own evil. Without power, negativity is self-consuming. Wow, that's powerful. Uh, so this could be where we are needing to remain perseveringly neutral. That was another uh, interpretation that, that some of the advice that it was giving. So don't give evil something to feed on. Uh, this is a time where if you're trying to create peace in the world, if you're, if you're patiently waiting for the new paradigm, you don't have to add fuel to the fire because we're heading into a new um, a new administration in America. We're heading into a new time frame with this Jupiter-Saturn conjunction. We're heading into a new, a new human. Um, I don't know. I don't like the word evolution, but a, a new like mindset. Okay, where we are thinking in a different way, and and some of it will be better, and some of it might not be. Okay, it'll just be different. But what we are experiencing is the 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 way that we were doing things for the last two hundred years has reached a peak and then has started to become corrupt. It's We've outlived that earth consciousness. And we have to embrace the air consciousness because that is the time that we are presented with. And there will be change. And if we go with the flow, if we come become like hexagram number two, which is all open lines, become open channels to receive, this is all going to work out a lot better. 
So this says, let yourself be guided. Uh, like a good horse, you need to yield. So this was a, they were talking about the constancy of a mare in the, the hexagram number two. So this is something where we just have to kind of go about our business, be patient, work with the changes that we're experiencing, have faith in the process. This is something that's really important with Mars and Taurus. Sometimes we want what we want when we want it. And we have to learn that consistent effort over time is the way that we're going to create change and the way that we're going to create fertility. We can't have it all at once and we can't just do nothing and have it happen as well. So it's a balance between those two things. So this is where you need to stay loyal to your truth and stay loyal to your perseverance and to your process. Stay loyal to the process. So there, there will be fertile fields, but it's going to take time and it's going to take patience. And we're not quite out of the woods yet. We really still have to delay that gratification and do the hard necessary work, potentially of, of some more social distancing, potentially of rebalancing the scales when it comes to how we're taking care of people on the fringes of our society right now. And again, it, it may take something like protests. It may take something like communicating with our, our leadership. Um, but there is a way to communicate that I think will be more productive in the long run. And I think that it's through our patience and through consistent effort over time and not expecting to have it all happen at once. Um, so that's what I've got with the, the hexagram here. And that's what I think our experience is going to be like for Mars through the first decade or the first 10 degrees of Taurus. I hope that you're doing well out there and hope that you're uh, finding value in this new way of exploring the stars and, and the divinatory oracles. I'm going to do this for a little while with some other planets uh, in lieu of the weekly forecast. We'll see how it goes. Give me some feedback. See, see if you like this. See, uh, tell me a little bit about your experience with Mars in Taurus over this period of time, what your hopes, what your dreams are, what some of your fears may be. Uh, how are you going to deal with that? How are you going to create resiliency and patience in your own life to overcome this pivotal time? Uh, how are you going to become like that good horse and allow yourself to be led through the process? Uh, if you like the work that I do, there's a few donation links below. I have a Venmo at Spencer Michaud and a PayPal me link in these videos. Um, I'm trying to keep these videos free to as many people as possible. And by those of you who have enough to give, being able to share, uh, you're making this content available for those who may not have the resources to be able to contribute. So that's the model that I'm doing right now. Uh, I'm not going to put anything behind a paywall for the time being. Um, and I don't necessarily have anything like a, a Patreon or a Kickstarter yet. That's the best way to support the work that I do and keep this material uh, accessible to the most amount of people possible as I continue to release these videos on YouTube for the general public. All right. The other thing you can do if you, if you don't want to donate is just hit that subscribe button, make a comment below and share it with your friends. And um, yeah, have a good Mars and Taurus season. Uh, try not to freak out. Uh, patience is the key. Consistency is the key. And I hope that you all are doing well. Peace.